0: Get rid of that annoying thing. Do a right quick audio check. That's not right. Audio, would, yeah.
1: Throw me a little bit of
0: audio, if you would, please. me a little bit of audio, if you would, please. We are heard. Welcome everyone once again to Down the Middle, your twelfth favorite wrestling podcast on the interwebs. As always, I am Jake with my co-host Brian. This podcast is brought to you by OMG CBD. More on them a little bit later. But let's get into AEW Revolution and the aftermath more specifically. <clears throat> so we made some predictions the last time and we were we were right on a few and super wrong on
1: some of the others. You know, I, I actually watched bits and pieces of this pay-per-view, and it was definitely hit and miss.
0: I did not watch the entire thing, but that was definitely the impression that I got. I just, uh, i I didn't want to pay $50 to watch it.
1: I mean, I surely didn't pay $50 to watch it. We're
0: not condoning anything on down the middle.
1: Uh, hey, I see nothing. I didn't hear nothing.
0: But let's get into it. Our pre-show match was Mark Briscoe joining the Lucha Brothers against Ari Davari and the Varsity Athletes, not to be confused with the Varsity Blondes. And, gee, wouldn't you know we were dead right on this one? Mark Briscoe being, like we said, Mark Briscoe being in a match at any point here is pretty much just a guaranteed win for him or whoever his team is because he's so over as a babyface right now. Yeah. So, obviously, his team won. So, that wasn't really a shock. Um, I think we said this last time, too. I was kind of surprised that Mark Briscoe was on the pre-show.
1: Um, I do think we I I think we did we we did mention it. Um I think more or less they did it as in to see how the crowd reacted to him on a AEW pay-per-view.
0: Other
1: I can than see like a pay-per-view. I can see that. That
0: that makes sense actually when you put it like that. So there's because a like, manager... Oh, go
1: ahead. Because like if he's not if he's not over with an AEW crowd, it's like, do we really want to push this guy? Or, like, how do we want to work him with the crowd to get build him to that point so they're <clears throat> good with seeing him on an AEW pay-per-view?
0: No, I can see that now. Remind me, though, when was it? Because he's all elite now, but I can't remember if it was before or after the pay-per-view. I want to say it was before, but I could be wrong. Oh, it was before he was all elite. I guess my point then would be is, if I'm not saying you're wrong, I'm just saying that if you were an intelligent person, would you not wait to sign him to a long-term deal until after you see it? Now we've seen him, we've seen how the AEW crowd reacts to him, and it's been positive. But there's Mark Briscoe's a bad example of this though because Mark Briscoe and his brother Jay were always crowd favorites no matter where they went. So
1: to me, my that's problem? kind of yeah going. I think within like a week he was AEW, maybe two. I think it was about two weeks. Oh, we've got ourselves a
0: comment. Green Lord, modern day wrestling is painful. Thank you guys for suffering through it for the fans. Oh my god. You're welcome, my friend. You're welcome. Um, because you're not wrong. And this I, I stress it all the time, and I get eviscerated in the comments for this, but it's just it's the truth. I love pro wrestling but it has become a chore
1: to watch with 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 all the web pages and all the sites you can go to to watch them all the all the new any shows that come up every that's new every week it it has become a chore cuz you got to keep up with everything to be on top of everything and like even when you're on top of everything there's still always details you miss and then you like you have people to comment saying, oh, well, did you see this? Or, hey, did you read that? And you're like, no, I didn't see that because there's so much other stuff we got to read and watch and keep up with that it's hard to.
0: It's like because I have a life. And I, frankly, I want to watch other shit. Like, you know, wrestling, like, can... if, if you wanted to watch all professional wrestling that's on television, and I'm not even including Internet stuff, if you wanted to watch pro wrestling uh, all of pro wrestling that's on television... Well, no, I'm going to include streaming services like New Japan. But let's let's do some... Well, no, let's just talk television. Let's do some math real quick. Raw's three hours, which I refuse to sit through. I watch the 90-minute version on Hulu. I refuse to sit through three hours of Raw. Yeah. But if you're watching it on TV, Raw's three hours. NXT is two hours. Mm-hmm. SmackDown is two hours. So mm-hmm. right out of the gate, you're at seven hours just in mm-hmm. wwe that's not including uh they did away with nxt uk right
1: yeah nxt uk i think <clears throat> i'm not sure i think they still may do some nxt uk stuff but i don't think it's like not weekly yeah i don't think it's weekly or televised or anything like that Yeah. now what about
0: 205 live
1: well that's that's no longer thing i'm pretty sure that, i thought it wasn't <laughs> either
0: but they still do superstars right
1: yeah, they do still do Superstars. So they that's, still do. Um, that's probably an hour or two, maybe. Yeah,
0: Super Superstars is an hour. So if you
1: include Superstars, that's eight hours. And then you have NXT Level Up.
0: I don't even know what that is. What is that?
1: NXT basically Superstars. Oh God, that's Superstars. Okay, so that's nine not- hours. <laughs> yep.
0: And then you have two hours of Dynamite. So that's eleven hours. And then you've got. An hour for Rampage, so that's 12 hours. Uh, TNA's on TV. That's right. That's another two hours, so 14 hours. Uh, MLW's still on TV, are they not? That I don't know. Let's assume they are, because I'm pretty sure they are. So if you include MLW, that's, what are we up to, 14 hours? Yep. That's not including New Japan, which is a streaming service. Now, they're not weekly, so that's a little bit different. But in, uh, an average New Japan show, the big ones are probably about five hours. I'd say an average one is probably about three to four.
1: And that's not the countless commercials we got to watch on top of that. So let's add an extra two hours on top of that of just commercials.
0: Well, that's included in, th- in the runtime, though.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Yeah.
0: So, but anyway, weekly, oh, Green Lord again. I've caught NWA a few episodes now that they're back, and I fell mm-hmm. off MLW. During Corona. Yeah, I did the same thing. I was trying so hard to like MLW. Because MLW has a lot of talented wrestlers. They
1: do. And I've heard a lot of good things about them, too.
0: Well, MJF came from MLW. Yep.
1: Um,
0: It's just, it was so hard to watch the program. I tried. I really, really tried. Um, But yeah, and if you count NWA, NWA is another hour, isn't it? So we're talking 15 plus hours of wrestling per week that I can think of off the top of my head
1: on top of the, the, the 50 to 55 hours a week. I work the, the six, seven hours. I got to sleep a week or a week, a day, a day, (laughs) like trying to keep family time. I mean, it's rough just alone, let alone that. And then like when you add in the indie shows, the other podcasts you got to watch, you hear the information that you don't hear because of the, watching the indie shows or Tovi shows it's like it's it's hard to keep up with everything
0: and AEW's talking about doing another hour long wrestling program because they're starting AEW All Access which I'm I'm am a real asshole for this but I think that is Kenny and the Bucks answer to roads to the top which they refuse to be on by the way probably No, no, that's confirmed. Because they were not on a single episode. And in fact, I believe it was episode one you saw. I I believe it was Nick Jackson. Uh, No, I'm sorry. I think it was Matt Jackson. Who was in the background of a shot, but his face was blurred out. Wow. Now explain to me why an executive vice president of a wrestling company would want or mandate to have his face blurred out on a television show that is produced by and for all Elite Wrestling.
1: Unless I could think that, so that he get any extra compensations on money because his face is in it. Mm, I
0: don't know, but mean, you could you could you could get incidental inclusion for that though. But maybe maybe I highly doubt they were paying people that were in the background, but you never know. But as we've seen from current events. If it's not the way Kenny and the Bucks want it, well, I should. Hmm. See, here's the thing, because I watched Kenny on uh, the sessions with Rene Paquette. Mm-hmm. And he he touched on the CM Punk incident. But here's the thing. I don't believe him. I think he's lying. Because he saw, he's spouting all this kumbaya shit and i'm just over i'm like i don't know why i just think he's lying i i think he's it seems like a very corporately rehearsed answer
1: which it could, it could be i mean he's probably he's probably trying to save his own ass to try to maybe get CM punk back in it without
0: well he did mention legalities about not being able to talk about specifics which i mean yeah i could see that if that's something and I still, I'm still holding on hope that Punk will return to AEW television because, frankly, they need him.
1: Yes. Um, I don't know this bit that got going on with MJF right now with Darby and. Oh,
0: we're gonna touch on that later because I, again, I didn't watch all of Dynamite, but I watched that segment and oh, now okay, fuck it, we'll we'll go ahead and talk about that. So. And hey, this um,
1: is how we want. What's that? I said, "Do what I said. This is our show. We do how we want." Yeah, we do what we we do what we want.
0: Um, I watched that segment, and in concept, it was great. But everyone except MJF showed their shortcomings in their mic skills. Yeah, and that part was painful. MJF was brilliant as always, but uh, you know. I don't know what it was with Darby. Um, He was on his microphone, and you could just hear him breathing the whole time. And it's just like, oh, Darby. Darby, 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 Darby. But that's nitpicking, because ultimately it was a good segment. And any time AEW references the Pillars, I'm a fan of that. And I do believe, this was going back a ways... I believe at one point I said something to the effect of them identifying those four as the pillars of AEW is super smart because it leads to years of booking that essentially writes itself and they utilized some of that but I said at the time it was perfect because you have one you have one wrestler that's just a hardcore babyface will probably always be a babyface you've got one wrestler that is just a hardcore heel will probably always be a heel. And then you've got two tweeners that could go either way. The babyface is Darby Allen. I can't see Darby Allen being not an effective heel anyway. No. And then you've got, now what's funny is your two tweeners, one does lean more babyface and one does lean more heel, but they could realistically, with the right storyline, switch. And that's Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara. Now we've seen Sammy Guevara go back and forth. And Jungle Boys hinted at the ability to turn heel, but he hasn't done so yet.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But, uh, and then you got MJF, which is the perennial heel. And that's so genius because Mm -hmm. you could take any two of those and feud with any other. You know, you could do any combination. Yeah. And it would be compelling Mm -hmm. and it would work. But so that segment I was a fan of. Um, I was wondering what they were going to do because MJF's run out of opponents and if CM Punk doesn't come back I don't really know what they're going to do because I can't see somebody like Kenny Omega doing a good program with MJF Kenny just, he doesn't have the mic skills I'm sorry, sorry, not Mm -hmm. sorry He he just doesn't and Kenny has I said it before, I'll say it again New Japan Kenny was awesome I like Kenny is one of those people. I don't even know what you call this. I'm sure there's a term for it, but Kenny is somebody who is very, very talented, but when he has no supervision and he's not the only one who is like this, when he has nobody tempering what he's doing and saying, well, Kenny, that might be a little bit too silly or that might be a little bit too far. You know, it has a very, very negative effect on him and his character and his presentation If someone was, and I said the bucks are very much the same way, although I would say the bucks are not quite as bad, but again, left to their own devices, they can get into some really weird goofy stuff that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Kenny and the bucks are people where it seems to me that if someone's booking for them and they have input, but ultimately the decision comes down to somebody else, then they can do some truly great stuff and they have, but when they're, calling the shots, a lot of the stuff is like, yeah, that's a really cool match, but A, we've seen it before, and B, it doesn't really make a lot of sense why we're here. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, To me, Cody was the opposite. Cody was somebody who was constantly held back. But when he was able to call his shots, he was able to deliver, minus the whole uh, Anthony Agogo fiasco. Yeah. Which I don't blame Cody for
1: that. You know, another little off-topic thing just hit my mind. Something I would like to see, but honestly, I'd like to see it soon. I I would really like for the Young Bucks to turn on each other finally. To split all three of them up. You know,
0: even a couple of years ago, I would have disagreed with you on that. But honestly, where we're at now...
1: And I'm not saying like long-term split up. I'm saying give it 6 months maybe a year let them let them feud it out then split up for like i said 6 months or a year and then let them do just strictly producive stuff and then it can come back together in maybe a year when they're it, it's time to pass the torch to a new tag team or something
0: you know yeah you but you got to keep in mind 6 months to a year is like 10 years in AEW time
1: <sighs> that's a long
0: that. that's a long time for their booking
1: i could not agree
0: even more but they just joined back up with hangman page or at least they've hinted at it
1: yeah i did see that and i'm like are, are you guys just trying to spoon feed hangman page to get them tv time that's that's another example of something that,
0: in concept, I like, but their execution was really like, why? Why is Dark Order even out there? And why are they? Why are they fighting Blackpool Combat Club? Is it even Blackpool Combat Club anymore? And why is John Moxley acting like he's afraid when there's only one person difference?
1: And my other thing is, is who's Dark Order? Like who? It it. it it why
0: and like well dark order better hope hangman page doesn't go back to the elite because that means they're all getting released
1: that and like it it feels and it's it sucks to say this because it happens with many companies where somebody somebody passes and like they're part of a faction or part of a team and they get that push for six months to a year And then they fall off and it's like they're trying to force it down our throat. still. It's like we're we're not taking it no more.
0: Well, but that what you're describing is, is true, but I don't, it's nobody's fault, but it could be the wrestlers or it could be the bookers in that case, because what will happen is they're given an opportunity because it makes sense. Like when Brody Lee passed, it made sense. Dark order were automatically faces. There was no fight in it. They shouldn't have fought it and they didn't fight it, but If you're handed an opportunity like that and you can't carry it, then that's your own damn fault. Because the audience was invested heavily in them. Just like they're invested in Mark Briscoe right now because of his brother. But Mark Briscoe's talented enough to not let that opportunity go. Yeah. Because apparently, and I wasn't aware of this, I always assumed Jay was more of the wrestling mind. Uh, Apparently Mark was. That's a, that's according that's according to this man right here. It's according to the uh, the king of the castle, Cornet, leader of the cult of Cornet, all yeah. around, all around wrestling, or yeah, all around wrestling aficionado and truth sayer and witch wayer and know hower. Anyway, next match which is the first match of the pay-per-view. This is one we were dead wrong on. We had absolute Ricky Starks against Chris Jericho, where the JAS squad was banned from ringside. And see, we had said that we thought there was going to be a ref bump and then the Jericho Appreciation Society was going to interfere anyway and Jericho was going to win. No,pe Ricky Starks beat him clean.
1: Well, I, I did mention
0: that that he could beat him clean. That That's true. You did. I'm sorry. I should have rephrased. I said there was going to be a ref bump.
1: I mean, they still kind of tried to intervene. It. I'm pretty sure they tried to intervene still. I did not watch that match, so I couldn't tell you. I do believe they tried to intervene at the end, but Ricky Stark still beat him clean. You know, and I was giving
0: criticism for that, but now upon further reflection, I actually not only agree with that decision to have Starks beat Jericho clean, but all of a sudden now you can actually elongate that feud yeah. because Starks was saying all along, it's like, yeah, if you weren't cheating, I would have beat you already. And now he's proven it. So Starks is elevated Jericho. It doesn't matter at this point. Jericho doesn't wins and losses don't affect Jericho like they do other wrestlers at this point. So
1: mm.
0: All in all, I'd say that was a solid decision. I'm curious to see what Ricky Starks now. Th- I maybe they're trying to get Starks on TV more because they know he was at Raw. Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, if I were Tony Khan, I'd be doing everything I could because if you're not going to utilize Ricky Starks to his ability, then I wouldn't blame him for leaving. Not saying yeah. he not saying he wants to leave necessarily, but I mean, because at... let's face facts here. The WWE schedule is a lot more hectic. True, you get more exposure and I'm sure they get more money. Well, maybe not more money. But you can't beat that AEW schedule. Yeah. 1 to 2 days a week. That's hard to beat. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, Ricky starts defeated. What's he going by now, The Wizard? Is he still The Wizard? Who knows. Who knows? He'll he'll have a new moniker in a week. It doesn't matter. So next we had Jungle Boy Jack Perry against Christian Cage in a final burial match, which apparently is a casket match that they then have to bury.
1: So I, I didn't watch this match, and it wasn't a bad match. It actually went quite quickly.
0: Yeah, so I said it was wasn't... just ten minutes shy of. I'm uh, sorry, ten. Yeah, ten seconds shy of fifteen minutes.
1: It, yeah, it went. It went very short, and like he hit it with the concerto and they rolled him in the casket, and then like, he didn't have to bury him; he just had to shut the casket, and then the casket dropped to the ground, and then that was it.
0: Okay, somebody had said they had to bury it, which I guess that might have been what they meant.
1: Yeah, there, there I guess no,
0: there was, is there is no casket. Way. I wonder if casket trade Casket matches trademarked or something. I mean, it could be by WWE. Who knows? But again, my question is, okay, well, what now? Because does this mean the feud's done?
1: I mean, I could assume so. And, like, if I remember right, Luchasaurus didn't show up. Like, he didn't do anything in the match.
0: Is Luchasaurus even still in AEW?
1: I think he, I'm pretty sure he's still with uh, Christian Cage. Did he get injured or something?
0: That I'm not sure. That You know what? I think that might have been it. I think he might have gotten injured. Don't quote me on that, because I don't remember where I would have seen that. And I'm just checking the roster real quick just to make sure. But take this with a grain of salt, because CM Punk is still on the roster. <laughs> well, I mean, he is still under contract. I still think it would be hilarious. Now, I, I hope this doesn't happen, but it would. you couldn't deny the poetic justice, because... The Bucks and Kenny's contracts will be up before Punk's, technically. Yeah. So if they just didn't renew, and then Tony just brought Punk back. (laughs) Let's see. Where's the L's? Okay. Chase. Oh, they gave Kanosuke Takeshita a fucking contract. Yep, Luchasaurus is still on the roster page. Uh, so anyway, that's what uh, that's what happened with Jungle Boy. Next, okay, this is that segment I was talking about where they hinted that uh, the Bucks would be bringing Hangman back into the fold. We saw House of Black. <clears throat> And sorry everyone for listen, everyone who's listening. I've been sick for the past week, so finally coming out of it. But you'll hear some throat clears and a cough or two, so apologize in advance. I forget. House of Black was the reigning tramps, yes? They won them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember what our prediction was for this because I didn't really care.
1: They they'd won it there. Oh, they won
0: it in this match?
1: Yes. I believe. Don't quote me.
0: I can't remember, but anyway, House of Black defeated the Elite for the AEW Trios titles, and that's where they had that whole. For some reason, Dark Order was fighting uh, Blackpool Combat Club, which seemed really weird and contrived just to get Hangman out to the ring.
1: Was it then? Yeah, Or was on. Di- I think it was on Dynamite because I don't remember it being on that. Well, no, because House of Black was out there, too. Let us know in the
0: comments if we messed that up. But, yes, so House of Black are still the AEW trios champions. Up next, we had a three-way match, and it's just the kind of three-way you'd want for the AEW Women's Championship. Champion Jamie Hayter defends her title against Soraya, and Ruby Soho, we were wrong on this one, too. And it was a huge clusterfuck. So I heard, but Jamie Hayter retained. But then after that, Ruby Soho turned heel face. And what I mean by heel face is she turned heel, but sided with the babyface team. Which I guess they're no longer booking like baby faces anymore, which... But are they still booking... Britt Baker like a... Because from what I've seen, they're still treating her the same as they always have. Which, it's very weird watching Britt Baker be a lackey to Jamie Hayter.
1: Very, very confusing is what it's been for the last couple months with that storyline for me. But anyway, Ruby Soho has
0: firmly allied herself with the former WWE ladies. So uh yeah. That happened. Yeah, not much to talk there. Next, we saw Hangman Adam Page against John Moxley in a Texas Death match that took place
1: in where were they? Toronto. Some like that. In under 3 minutes. It took 3 minutes from the Blade, oh,
0: San Francisco. So we had a Texas Death match in California. Which I guess is fair because California Deathmatch sounds like a totally different thing.
1: But like I said, it took three minutes.
0: Well, pe- according to this, it was twenty-four minutes forty-five seconds.
1: No, 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 three minutes for him to start
0: bleeding. Oh, I thought you meant beat him. Oh, three whole minutes. Yeah, three whole
1: minutes it took.
0: Now I was this the one where they, I. I can't remember if it was this match or somewhere else where a fan caught him bleeding again. Uh, it was the,
1: it was like a week or two before. I think I sent it to you. Yeah, you did. You did. Where he, he was on the turnbuckle. The match wasn't bad. It was a pretty decent match. But literally within three minutes, he was already bleeding. But he beat him by submission. He, um... <laughs> Cross face with the rope.
0: So I'm starting to think that John Moxley puts it. Have you, have you seen the uh, the episode of South Park where at what I believe it was uh, Animation Wars, where they talk about how Family Guy writes their jokes from manatees selecting joke prompt balls?
1: I think I've. I think I have.
0: I'm starting to think that's how John Moxley puts together his matches. Just like a death match with Evil Uno, and will I bleed? Absolutely.
1: Maybe he's got a dartboard, or or he went and bought 2K23 and put himself and randomized the match and just watched out playing down.
0: You know, that's probably true.
1: Oh man, but yeah,
0: I mean, it's sad that it's becoming. And I liked John Moxley a lot. I still still like him. I do. It's just starting to get stale. I was going to say I shouldn't say I dislike him, but it's just like you said, it's starting to get really
1: stale. It's it's same shit, different week. Yeah, (laughs) it's. And again, like the match wasn't bad. It just. But why? Why? Why is this on a pay-per-view? I like and I don't mind it being on a pay-per-view.
0: No, but there was like no real build up to this. It was literally no. built with weird backstage interview segments with Moxley's wife, who is his on air wife. Like people know who she is and she's acting like she's friends with Adam Page. Why would she be friends with Adam Page? Like I don't think they've ever shown them speaking before this ever.
1: I don't know. And, like, I would understand this type of match in the circumstance of, like, for a title or if it was, like, a feud that's been long-lasting for the last six months to a year, which I know they feuded for the world title before, but, like, why? Yeah.
0: that That's my point. It's, like, I just, I, I, I you know, it's Jim Cornette's not the only person to say this, but he's the last person I say, you know, I think he's quoting Bill Watts, and I'm, I'm butchering this, but like, personal beefs and championships build matches. There's no championship. I know, before you say anything in the comments, I know I messed that up, but my point is there's no championship for them to fight over, and there's no real personal issue Unless, what was it, they were walking down the hall one day and John's like, I don't like the way you looked at me. And Hangman Page goes, what? I'm gonna fight you. Okay. That's what it felt like. Except Moxley wasn't there. It was very weird. <clears throat> but, much like the rest of the people watching this pay-per-view, moving on. And our seven, which by the way, geez, there's nine matches on this card. So hang on, I'm going to do some math real quick. How long was this pay-per-view? Counting the pre-show. Okay, we'll call that 13 minutes. So the pre-show in the first match was roughly 26 minutes. So 40, call that 41. This is a long-ass pay-per-view.
1: Okay.
0: Anyway, I'll will not bore you with that, but I'm what I'm getting at is this is another long ass AEW pay per view? With I, there's been a couple matches on here that really didn't need like again Ricky Starks and Jericho, is that really necessary to have on a pay per view? I get Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. That's blowing off a rivalry. I get that. I get the trios titles because there's a title. And I get the women's match because there's a title and an ongoing storyline. Hangman and Mox don't really know why that's on a pay-per-view. Nor do I really know why this match is on a pay-per-view. We had Wardlow against Samoa Joe for the TNT title. Wardlow won by technical. Wardlow won by technical submission against Samoa Joe. Yup. Have we seen Wardlow do a submission ever? You can't think of one. Maybe he has, but it doesn't come to mind. And then you have Samoa Joe, who is literally known as the Samoan submission machine. That would be like Dean Malenko losing to Hulk Hogan from a figure four that that would be like Zack Sabre jr losing a submission match against Homa for those of you who don't know Homa's deal is he's I guess the best way to describe him is he's a Japanese Hulk Hogan clone whose finisher is a flying headbutt that he often misses So just to paint that picture for you. That would be like Marco Stunt beating ironically Wardlow in a last man standing match.
1: Like Danhausen beat Ric Flair in a
0: submission match. Like Danhausen beating anyone in any kind of match.
1: Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? yeah. Better happen, Triple H.
0: But we got, we need this. So yeah, that happened. Incidentally, I did read above that that was the lowest rated match of the night. It was given two and a quarter stars. Why is my cat screaming at me? I can't help you, buddy. I know it was a terrible. It was awful. Next, we had another. Is it? No, no. This was the four-way match for the AEW Tag Team Championship. Keep in mind, this match was 13 minutes 35 seconds, a four-way tag match. Yeah. Okay. So keep that in mind. We had the Guns against the Acclaimed, against the TNA, the former TNA stars, and against (laughs) against the Joke Squad, Orange Cassidy
1: and Danhausen. Now at one point, I did watch this match. At one point. I really thought Danhausen and Orange Cassidy was gonna win.
0: Speaking of Orange Cassidy, did you see they changed the name of his title? I did not. It is now known as the AEW International Championship. Which I would it's also not- like to which I would also like to point out. I can't remember. I think it was you and me. Yeah, it was you and me who pointed out how stupid of a name that was for a championship. And the fact that in the first tournament to crown the first All-Atlantic champion, there were people involved whose countries of origin did not touch the Atlantic Ocean. So, So now they've changed it. Now they have a world title, and now they have an international title. It's the same fucking thing. So whatever. Now AEW has a third rate title that should be a second rate, but their TV title means more, at least for now it does. In my uh, opinion it's always more, but I mean that's just me. Well, not more than well, okay, but WWE didn't have a TV championship, so I guess that Or maybe not. they maybe they did, but yeah. no, not like the Intercontinental title. Mm. I was going to say, I feel like they did at one point, but. Uh, So anyway, uh, the guns won. So they're still
1: tag team champions. After the match, the revival showed up. Ooh, tell me about that. Uh, Just a basic stare down. See, that's all it was. Their music hit, they came out, basic stare down. Transition to the next thing. But I I don't know what's going on because uh was it Dax? Or was it the other one? And I just seen the Twitter post today because their contracts are up soon with AEW. And they said that there was stuff that was happening in the near future, but they, they could not touch base <clears throat> on it yet. So, maybe this is going to lead to a departure from AEW and then go back to WB, which I would be okay with. I mean, I,
0: I would imagine so because they were very much, uh, and well, I shouldn't say they were favorites, but they were very much in Triple H's camp. And Triple H was a vocal fan of theirs. So,
1: hey, fantasy booking. Here's something for you. Usos beat Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, leaves a bad taste in people's mouth. We're all after Mania. Usos still have their belt, but Roman doesn't have his. Roman forces Usos into a open challenge. The rival accept that open challenge and beat them.
0: I like it. Speaking of which, when is Mania again? April 1st, April 2nd. Okay, now I believe we have one episode in between that. No. Yes, we do. No, our next episode is the second.
1: So we, we maybe maybe, maybe we might have to Friday episode. I can make that work. Like I'm sure I can make it work if you can make it work. Either that or
0: we can just do we That's, can just Oh, you can't do it next Sunday, can you?
1: Um next Sunday. I mean, I could, yeah. But wh- my thing is is if we do it next Sunday, there may be some kind of last minute additions or something to mania. I'm just
0: thinking about being able to make shorts content out of that. I don't know whatever you prefer Sunday or Friday, but we'll bring it to you live on YouTube. Yes. We'll figure it out. We'll let you know. Our people will call your people, but yeah, we got to do WrestleMania predictions.
1: Hey, I wasn't I here for last year's WrestleMania predictions, so... That's right. You were not.
0: So, yeah, we'll do that. But anyway, now on to or as Mark Henry would say, it's time for the main event. MJF versus Brian Danielson MJF1.
1: It was definitely a no-brainer. Um. Now, I did not
0: watch all of this match, but I did watch some of it.
1: Yeah, so, so, I, I so, so. This was a great match. Yeah, it was really good. I do think the finish was a bit <clears throat> kind of a plus there. I agree.
0: It was. But MJF did something in this match that I always wondered why people never did in Iron Man matches. He got quick consecutive pins. Yep. Because if you've if you wreck somebody enough to get a pinfall, why would you not get another one? Yeah. And he did that. I was like, oh, my God. You're looking at well, uh,
1: No, no. I was thinking. My brain <laughs> was turned. Black wrong, but nobody was home for a second. <laughs> um, but the, the match was great everything he did was great from the start to the finish like and then mjf was bleeding like but the only problem I had like I said was that the finish definitely was a little clustered and then to get the final win with the roll-up is definitely mjf-ish oh yeah that's hardcore mjf
0: that's vintage mjf as they would say
1: yeah and I I, I like the match it was definitely in my opinion match of the night
0: oh no question I could have I could have just looked at this card without seeing any of them and told you it was the match of the night
1: but going forward with mjf like we talked about earlier like who's next what's going to happen unless for some reason they sign some kind of big name before or soon or they give somebody a big push
0: well here's the good thing about MJF is the fact that again they pointed this out in the segment with the four pillars and I'm glad they did that I forget who it was I think it was Darby or no I think it was Sammy actually pointed out it's like you've never been on Dark have you you've never been on Elevation you've never even been on Rampage And I'm like, oh, he hasn't because it's MJF. I don't know who's responsible for this. I have to believe it's MJF. But the fact that we don't see him all the time is the secret or one of the secrets to his popularity. He's not shoved down our throats so that when he does something, it means more. When MJF bleeds, it means more. When MJF does a... MJF made me go wow for a kip-up.
1: I was like, shit. Wow, when he did a Spanish fly with somebody and landed on his feet. Yeah, exactly. Because we he don't can... see it every single time. Yeah, and, like, he shits on these flippy-dippy bullshit people, but, like, he could do it, he just does it because he doesn't need to do it. And that's so heel,
0: and it's so great, because he's like, oh, yeah, no, I can do it. He's simultaneously cutting up the baby face because he's like, yeah, you're nothing special. I just don't have to do that to win, so I'm better than you in that way.
1: Like, MJF is so heeled, people like him. Almost like like Rockin' Austin was in an Attitude Era.
0: I mean, precisely, so much so. But he's not – he's a different kind of heel, though, because he's still – I don't think MJF will ever get to the point where he's so heelish that he turns babyface. You know what I mean? Yeah. And case in point, I'm sure you heard about the, or probably saw the bit where he grabbed that lady's drink and threw it in the kid, threw it at the kid.
1: I did see that. I I did hear about that. And that happened before this pay per view, I believe. I thought it was during, but
0: yeah, no, it was during because he brought it up at the press scrum.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I sent it to you. I sent that to you.
0: Yeah perfect heel cuz they asked him about He's like kid look thirsty for those of you who don't know mjf oh. took the cup out of a woman's hand in the audience and threw it at her kid um i'm sure he probably thought it was water but it actually turned out to be tequila
1: oh i did not know that one
0: yeah so apparently like they gave the kid merch and all that and then they he was going they gave him a tickets to dynamite the next Wednesday. Uh, I did not know that. But like, this is why MJF is tremendous. I honestly think MJF is so committed to the character. I think that he could legitimately be charged with a crime and he would be in character in
1: court. Oh, I guarantee it. Like, the, he, like, Taker said it best on one of the podcasts I've seen, MJF is keeping Kayfabe alive. He's the only one. Even, even when he was on Roads to the Top,
0: he did this bit where he was like, he popped in. He was like, oh, hey, I hear you're having a baby. Congratulations. Fuck you and the kid. <laughs> and then just left. Um, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's so interesting, though, because we all know that it's not real. The characters, yeah. I mean. And yet, I love that MJF is keeping it alive. I love it. It makes it a lot more entertaining because, yeah, you know, we don't see MJF and Jungle Boy hanging out backstage before they go out and call each other virgins and dorks and assholes and all that. So it makes what you're seeing in the ring so much more believable and it's easier to get invested into it because, you know, there's just enough doubt that like, ooh, maybe that's legit. Darby Allen kind of does the same thing from a baby's face perspective, but that's just because we don't – I mean, I'll be real. I don't think Darby Allen hangs out with very many people other than Sting, which that's what he's doing on screen, so.
1: Speaking of Sting, like, where's he at? I don't know, but – you like, know, The we, last we... thing, it was a promo with Darby Allen in the back of a car that Sting's driving, and he's driving down a road, like – Cruising down Route sixty six.
0: Well, maybe he dropped Darby off, and Sting kept going.
1: Well, at least Sting finally done it.
0: Yeah, but uh, I do want to go back and watch this entire match because apparently it was uh, apparently it was a banger. But MJF owned the press conference too, or the media scrum. Which, I don't know. I'm still torn on those. I I think they're silly. I'm not torn at all. I think they're dumb. They've given us some very entertaining moments, but for the most part, I think they're just
1: silly. I think they're only silly because Tony Khan is sitting right down there, right next to him, holding their hand. That doesn't help. And, and I, I feel like the only reason why he's there, so that he can save their asses and re-say what they said, a, but in a different way to make it not look bad on them.
0: I disagree. I think Tony Khan is there because he is playing. This is Tony Khan's dream come to life and he gets to play with his action figures and he gets to play. I say play because I know he actually owns the wrestling company, but I mean, he's playing. He's playing He's playing fake sports mogul because he, he, he should not be on camera, he should not be talking because he doesn't have the skills, and frankly, he gets in the talent's way a lot of the time. That's why I was actually proud of him for handing off the big announcement to Adam Cole on television. Because oh, could you imagine how bad that was? That would have been if Tony Khan had made that announcement.
1: What an Or like, been? oh, the the AEW All Access show. Oh, okay. I did not. Other than you telling me, I didn't know he's the one that said that. Well, he handed it off. Yeah, he handed it off to Adam Cole,
0: which was a great idea. But uh, Again, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very thankful for Tony Khan for starting this company, but I think he needs to get out of its way. If he truly, that, that's what I'm saying. If he truly wants what's best for AEW, I think he needs to step, not literally step out of the way, like run the company, but from an on-air standpoint, get out of the way. Yeah. Like, and frankly, with booking too, he needs like, he can be on the committee. He can have some input, but I think he should hire like a legitimate booker.
1: Like, even if he, even was, even if he's there for a press conference, but maybe like behind the stage area. Or I don't know, you could interview Tony
0: Khan at the beginning and then get to the wrestlers. But I think like, it just seems so silly. He seems like, it seems like he's like a kid on take your kid to work day. Cause it's like, why is Tony Khan out there the entire time? He's making it—he's making himself a bigger deal than the wrestlers. Yeah. Like it's just—it's just silly. Like it, and it comes off as kind of embarrassing, and it doesn't help the fact that it's a room full of fake journalists. Because let's be real, none of them are fucking journalists. They, they cover wrestling, like, and I don't mean a dog on wrestling, but like, it—it's—it's it's a fake sport. You're fake journalists, and by fake, I—I I don't mean. fake. I'm not talking about what they do in the ring, but I mean, it's a fake sport. Yeah, it's predetermined. There's no, there's very little to report, especially after a pay-per-view where the mat, the, all the matches are booked. Why are we talking about this? Why, why are we sitting here and acting like, oh, you know, congratulations on the match. It was a hard-fought victory. No, it wasn't. It was a fucking co- collaborative effort. And I understand the concept of suspension of disbelief, but that's taking it a little too far. I think when you have fake journalists acting like what they saw was real, but they know it wasn't, and they're kind of like all in on the joke, but you're not fooling anybody. I get it if it was back in the days when wrestling was still presented as a legit sport, then I understand it, but we're not there.
1: Yeah, but what they're doing may be predetermined and know who's going to be the winner the wrestling aspect of that is not fake. Oh no, I know. I know. It's not. I'm just talking I
0: don't know. I'm not doing a very good job of putting in the words. I still have some brain fog, so I apologize. But it's like it would I would equate that to something like, you know, the new John Wick movie comes out. And then they interview Keanu Reeves after the screening. And we're like, you know, how did you feel about taking out that many guys? Blah 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 blah. It's that's not a very good example. You're looking at me like I'm being. I'm just going to drop that.
1: (laughs) Coming from a, for myself, I gotta, I gotta. I'm I'm not,
0: I'm not saying it right because I'm, I'm mostly talking about Tony Khan.
1: Yeah, like I see what you're getting at. I'm just not, I'm not
0: saying it well at all.
1: It's in your head, but you're not writing it down the right way.
0: I'm talking about the wrestlers. I I, I would understand it if it was just the wrestlers talking to the press. Because then, okay, I've got zero problem with them doing a media scrum with the wrestlers. I think it's kind of a waste of time. But I'm not the only one watching. So my opinion matters. doesn't matter at all. But when you're doing that with the wrestlers, they can still do character stuff.
1: Yeah. They can can further play the character at the press conference while explaining what's going on like Tony Khan's booking it he's not doing it yes and frankly
0: uh-huh. Tony Khan can't play the character so MJF did it to perfection he played the character well all throughout the entire media scrum
1: that he did even ask the guy <coughs> he wanted to pull oh. <laughs> yep
0: but yeah, Tony and whoa, well, and here's another thing. It doesn't make sense for Tony Khan to be there because MJF literally called him a fucking Mark. Which I have to believe MJF is like, hey boss, I got this promo I want to do, blah 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 blah. I think MJF does think he's a mark. Oh, I do. I really do. Yeah, MJF I, I, MJF I knows he's a money mark and knows he can get paid while insulting his boss to his face. And all he has to do is say it's a work.
1: Yep. I feel like as much as MJF is trying to be a mark, and that could not be a mark, but shoot, he's shooting enough to keep his job and get what he wants at the same time.
0: Well, but let's be real. um, Any negotiation that takes place between MJF and certainly AEW, MJF holds all the cards because WWE will snatch him up in a heartbeat. Yeah. Especially with Triple H at the helm. Oh, Triple H and MJF can do some oh they can do some great stuff.
1: They could, but I also feel like and I've thought about this a few times, like as fast as I know WWE would pick him up and how great he would be in addition to the roster, I don't feel like MJF would go to WWE only because there would be too many restrictions on MJF.
0: I would definitely agree with you under a Vince McMahon administration, but under Triple H, because Triple H does understand with certain talents, you cannot, you cannot treat them or work with them like you do just anybody else. And I think MJF would for MJF to be in WWE, he would have to be given a lot of leeway and, and, he would have to be one of the few people that they give it to, but they've done it before, because The Rock got a ton of leeway when he was there. And he still wrote his promo yeah. on his wrist. Stone, Stone Cold got a ton of leeway, which makes
1: sense though. Yeah, But MJF... From okay. being there. What's that? They had the longevity from the reputation from being there before. So, like them being a legend, it makes sense to give him the open-minded oh, open right to do what they need to do. Oh, no, I even mean when they were, when they were still Oh, okay. At, I see you dur- during the
0: Attitude Era. Well, and let's be real here. You're, are you, has MJF done anything that I wouldn't even say some of it may have been on par with the Attitude Era, but he certainly hasn't done anything worse.
1: He definitely has a very strong language that uh, I don't think he would. Well, yes you and no. Speak. I mean, you oh, can
0: censor. You can censor it. Because I agree with you. I think the the one thing that would kill MJF faster than anything is if he got out there and started saying "gosh" and freaking.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna
0: kick your butt. But that's really any grown adult talking like that. It always makes me eye roll. He's like, you're a piece of dirt. Really? We all know what you want to say. Just say it. Just say it.
1: I got my big (laughs) boy.
0: Exactly. Hey, if somebody's letting their kid, young kids like that watch wrestling, they know what's up. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some asses. There's going to be some shits. Occasional fuck here and there. But, like, at the same time, this is how people talk. They're going to hear it. I'm not saying be dropping F-bombs, like, all the time on air. But, but I mean, you can censor it, and people know what's up. I mean, ECW did it. Yeah, they didn't really censor their stuff, though. They did on when they were on TNN, but, again, they would just censor it. And on pay-per-view, all bets are off. Yeah. There wasn't no getting censored there. Nope. Nor should there be. But, I mean, I could, I, could, MJF could have a lot of fun in WWE if they let him do his thing. Because MJF's one of the few people in wrestling today that can legitimately go out and get a crowd pissed.
1: Now, now I'm just sitting here thinking, imagine MJF in the mid to late 90s in ECW or in... WWE Attitude Era, like imagine MJF. I
0: think he would have still been very good, but I don't think he would have stuck out quite as much. But MJF is a very old school heel because he's a he's not a full blown chicken shit heel, but he kind of behaves like one until it's go time. And that's yeah. very that's very old school. Because it's not just that he cheats to win. It's not just that he avoids conflict. It's not just that he talks a lot of shit. He does all of it. Yeah. And he's an opportunistic heel who will strike when it well when it's... Pun, sounds stupid, but when it's opportunistic, MJF will strike. And when it's not, he will just run away.
1: Exactly. But I th-
0: yeah, but I think MJF needs to have a very long reign... I think MJF needs to be the longest reigning AEW champion thus far, so I fully, I, I fully expect him to keep the title on him for a very long time. Because if he loses it too soon, it just doesn't mean anything.
1: No,
0: it's not like, and that's the difference. Like a babyface can win the title one night and then lose it the next day, and everybody was like, nobody cares. But a heel's got to keep it. It's very funny how that difference exists doesn't isn't it?
1: Yeah. And like,
0: like I think how long did how long did Tommy Dreamer have the ECW title? Like two hours? Something like that. Something like that. Like he lost it in the same night. And everybody still remembers, mm-hmm. oh, that time Tommy Dreamer won the ECW title. As opposed to mm-hmm. say like Raven how many times did Raven have it? I can't even remember. But he had it for a while. Yeah but I I can't remember. Somebody will know in the comments. Alrighty, and we got Green Lord back. I did not see JR's belt buckle tweet. Could you enlighten me on that? Uh, And then also, he got to meet his favorite wrestler and take pics, merch. Oh yeah, he's talking about the kid. Yeah, that's absolutely true. No, I, I I think, case in point, MJF turned a negative into a positive. It just helped his character, and the kid was fine. Like, he didn't know. Actually, I think somebody made the point. It's like they weren't even selling tequila there. So how could, if that's true, how could MJF have possibly known that it was tequila? Yeah. Uh, and then, Green Lord, I buy Darby's gimmick that he's a weirdo in real life. I think that's because he is a weirdo in real life. Like, I think Darby Allen is...
1: Hardly a gimmick. I think
0: Darby yeah. Allen
1: is the secret person he's always wanted to be, and he's fulfilling it now because he can't on TV, so he's doing it in person. I think so. That, yeah, I buy that.
0: I think Darby Allen is the type of wrestling character that's just him, just dialed up to 11. Yeah, I'd say 12 because I think Darby Allen is normally dialed up to 11. Which I get it. There's Darby Allen has this really, really weird, like cool mystique factor. And you just can't put he just got, has this charisma and you felt it the first time he was on AEW television, which I think was a pay per view actually. You just felt it, man.
1: And you yeah, that like, was him.
0: Yeah, he's like, he's got something, I don't know what it is, but it's special and it's he's it's it's over.
1: Darby was instantly over. Just let him come out, to that skater boy. <laughs> no, I
0: mean I like I, and I shouldn't like his theme song, but I do because it fits him. Yeah, I remember the first time I heard him. Like, ah, I should hate this song, but I kind of dig it. Oh well. Oh, so you, you disappeared. Oh, you know what I did, buddy? I totally, totally forgot to tell people about the sponsor. I should probably go down to OMG CBD in Columbus, Indiana, and see if they have any gummies to help with memory, because OMG CBD will help you take care of all of your OMG and CBD needs, as well as any of your Delta 8 and Delta 9 needs. Don't worry, buddy. If you can hear me, I'm just going to lead us out here in a second. Oh, oh, there there we are. I was just telling the fans out there about the sponsor of today's episode, OMG CBD, and you can go visit them at 935 Second Street in Columbus, Indiana, or you can visit their website at OMGCBD.biz. Get a quote for all of your uh, needs. They have uh, quite a few different types of merchandise you can get. I know that they're heavily into gummies, as well as any of your other paraphernalia for tobacco. Wink, wink. As well as I believe they have an assortment of jewelry and candles in the shop as well, so you Ooh. can you can take care of all your weekend needs at OMGCBD.biz. I should I actually do need to uh, go down there because I'm almost out of my uh, CBD melatonin gummies, which are my friends when I have insomnia. Sounds like a time. It, it it is it is the uh, the melatonin puts me to sleep and the CBD keeps me asleep so it, it works out quite well. Uh, you got anything else to add about AEW Revolution? I do not. Well, then I guess we're done here. Kid, look thirsty. <laughs> we will let you fans know when we're going to be doing our WrestleMania predictions. It will either be. The Friday before WrestleMania or next Sunday, we will let you know via our Instagram. And I'll probably throw a quick YouTube video up just to let all the subscribers know. And until then, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Down the Middle. As always, like, share, and subscribe and support the small podcast because we're growing every day. Check out the shorts, like them, share them, comments. We love reading your comments as Green Lord has helped us illustrate on this episode, and if you prefer to listen rather than watch the podcast, whoa, what's going on with my glow here?
1: You see that? Oh, no, no. It's a glare from your light in your room. No, no, no,
0: there's oh, there's sun coming from that window. That's why it's like yep. very, very bright. But anyway, if you prefer to listen to the podcast rather than watch it, you can check us out on pretty much all major podcasting platforms, including but not limited to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio audible amazon and there's podcast addict there's a lot more out there i just can never remember all of them so just google down the middle podcast you'll find us i assure you and until next time uh oh and you can check out our instagram too at down the middle podcast so until then we'll see you in the future